Every team, every topic, everywhere. This is Believe. What's going on, everybody? Hope that everybody has had a great week and welcome to another episode of the Believe in Rugby podcast on the Believe Podcast Network, which is the number one podcast network for professionals. Do you believe? Um, this week, I want to shift gears a little bit, actually totally shift gears and take the opportunity that I have with this podcast that's streamed on a bunch of different directories to um, talk about the social injustice that's going on in the country. And as a son and a brother, having black parents, hearing what happened to, to only name a few, the likes of Ahmaud Arbery, Breonna Taylor, George Floyd, and Jacob Blake. Again, to only name a few, um, it hits home a little bit harder for me. Um, the idea of my mother being shot and killed in her own bed, or my father being subjected to attacks that we're seeing black men being subjected to all over the country, it makes you angry. Because you know that the mitigating factor as to why it's happening is in fact the color of their skin. I mean, if they're not doing anything wrong, then what's your explanation? Um, Reverend Tracy Blackman, she's the head of Justice and Witness Ministries of the United Church of Christ. She has a great quote in that it's impossible to be unarmed when my blackness is a weapon that they fear. And so we have to mitigate that thought process and to help people realize that we are not a threat. And to the people who think that the black community is overreacting, I hear that a lot. Try putting yourself in our shoes and ask yourself how you would react to what's going on. How you would want to react. Imagine being afraid to go on a run in your own neighborhood because I know what that's like. Imagine having your father, brother, mother, or sister shot nine times in her own bed for no reason and then ask yourself if the black community is overreacting. We only make up 13% of the US population We can't afford to be treated this way. So why should we be okay with it? Why should it not be about race when I only see it happening to our people at this rate and in this fashion? To tell you a little story of myself, um, when I was in kindergarten, I went to a Catholic school and my best friend was white. And I'll admit, I remember coming home from school one day and telling my mother, I was like, mom, I was like, why can't I be white? She was shocked that she had to reinforce how I should be proud of who I am and that I shouldn't wish to be like anybody else. But if you think about it, I was five years old. Something or someone at that school told my five-year-old self that I should want to look like my best friend, his name was Patrick, who was white. You know, something told me that I would be better off if I was white. So you might say it was Patrick putting these ideas in my head. Well, no, I grew up with Patrick. I got to become friends with him long after kindergarten. I got to know his family, not racist in the slightest. You know, I was always welcomed at their house for sleepovers and he was always welcomed at mine. So while I don't remember all of the details of my experience at that school, I know it wasn't Patrick. Could it have been another kid that made me feel inadequate about being black at that school? Possibly possibly so then you ask yourself well what was going on in that kid's household um 
conversations with their parents. What what were their parents teaching that kid, you know? How were they raised? Because the notion of white people having more value than black people doesn't come from the mind of a five-year-old. It comes from their parents and their parents and so on. It's a vicious cycle from hundreds of years ago that ultimately found me at that age. If it wasn't another kid, could it have been a teacher, the way the class was structured, an activity? Either way, it was institutionalized racism that told me I would be better off being white. And it's honestly something that nobody talks about. In third grade, another student called me the N-word. Um, growing up, especially back then, your parents try to shield you from as much as they can. So I didn't know about the N-word. I didn't know what it meant. I didn't know why the girl that got into trouble for calling me it got into trouble. And so I came home and my mom had to explain to me what the N-word meant, the history of uh, slavery and what our people endured for so long. And so we live in a world today where we're seeing this injustice, this racism, the abuse, and the people who are at the forefront of it were either told by their parents that it was all right, or on the other hand, it just wasn't talked about at all. So hopefully now families are having these conversations so that these things in our world won't be, um, won't be here years from now. I know that here in New Jersey, Camden abolished their police force and they've seen a 42% drop in violent crime rate. Uh, as a result so there are being uh, steps taken to move in the right direction but I think that the biggest thing right now for people in America especially white people um, in America is just to continue to have these conversations with their families about race and how everybody is ought to be treated equally and I get it like the topic is hard to talk about for everybody um, regardless of your race because you want to say the right things I think that white people who want to get into the conversation are more hesitant than anybody about saying the wrong thing. So as a result, they might not choose to engage in a conversation to begin with, um, which is fair and which is valid. But it's another reason why you start with your household. Talk to those who you're closest with about race, your parents, your siblings, your best friends, people who aren't going to think differently of you because of your viewpoints. One thing that I would like to see is race equality represented more heavily in Major League Rugby. Um, rugby being on the rise in this country means that we're going to have, or this league is going to have the opportunity, the opportunity to get more players of color as the years go on. And if you look at the Premier League, which is the Tier 1 Professional Soccer League in England, they have campaigns called Say No to Racism and the No Room for Racism football campaign where the league uses its popularity and power to tackle discrimination in all areas, all areas of football, um, also known as soccer. But obviously Major League Rugby isn't as popular as the PL right now, but make no mistake, it's going to grow and people are going to eventually wonder where it stands on these issues if they don't take action like the Premier League has. Plus, being outspoken um, about discrimination will definitely draw players of color 
to the league, to the MLR. Um, if I'm being honest, I don't see a lot of African-American players on these MLR teams right now. And I know that there are some great talents at the college level. And I'm sure that's not the look that the league is going for. Uh, but from the naked eye, players of color, I feel like aren't well represented right now in Major League Rugby, especially considering um, I don't see a lot from them, you know, talking about the Black Lives Matter movement. And so it's something that the league should definitely consider. And they might want to take a page out of the Premier League um, for sure and the campaigns that they run in England. And yeah, I'm going to, I'm going to be honest though. I don't have all the answers. I'm not a politician, but I've just been trying to do my part in trying to figure out how we can move the world into a better place. I do know some great podcasts um, I wrote down that people can listen to that talk about race. Um, podcast called About Race is one. The Diversity Gap is another. Seeing White, a Race Forward podcast. 1619-NY Times and Code Switch. Those are a few that I've listened to that are really informative and uh, they, they'll just encourage you to continue the conversation, to continue to talk about the importance of race and inequality in this country. And uh, with that being said, thank you for tuning in to this episode. That was a bit of a change of pace. Uh, I do appreciate all the support and positive feedback that I'm getting through this rugby podcast, and I look forward to um, continue to try and grow this podcast and try to promote the growth of the game of rugby in the United States uh, with guests that I have um, that I'm planning to have come on. And so thanks again, and I will talk to you guys again soon. Bye-bye. listening to believe you can show support to your host by subscribing to the show and giving us a five-star rating on your preferred platform check us out at believe.com and search for b-l-e-a-v on youtube